Welcome back to the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. I am so grateful to be back for another week. Um, my only adjective to describe how I'm doing when it comes to podcasts is excited and grateful. I'm working on getting some more vocab words in there. Are you never tired? Never. Absolutely never. Wow. I'm just kidding. Sometimes I am tired. So if you guys have any suggestions of how you'd like me to intro, love to get them. Um, I just want to send a note to say, hey, if you are not subscribed to the podcast, do me a huge favor and subscribe so that you can get a notification every time the podcast comes out. It is such a joy to get to hear your guys' feedback of how you've been encouraged and how you've been encouraged to say yes to Jesus in every area of your life. I am here with not my real brother, but my brother in Christ, Benjamin. Um, super excited to be here. Give us a holla. Holla. Holla at your boy. And so <laughs> Ben is uh, a dear friend of mine and a faithful coworker, faithful co-laborer in Christ. And we are excited to hop in and talk about um, how God is challenging us in his word. Uh, mm-hmm. We're in John chapter nine, uh, Jesus healing the man born blind. And so Ben, I'm going to toss it over to you, jet lag and all, to give us a recap of John nine. Yeah. And John chapter nine, um, we have, we're introduced to a man who is blind and he was born blind from birth. And so Jesus interacts with this man and being born blind in the first century, you're social outcast already. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't work. Um, and Jesus engaged with him and Jesus rubs dirt and mud on his eyes and he sends him to a pool called of Siloam, which means sent. He sent him mm-hmm. as Pastor Brennan was un, unpacking the text today. He was referring that this was like a half a mile journey. Yeah. That he said, this blind man has to take in obedience to Jesus's calling. So this blind man goes this half a mile in obedience. Uh, he washes his eyes and he receives sight for the first time. He was blind, but now he sees. Um, and this raises some controversy with the Pharisees. Yeah. And so the Pharisees had a strict rule of their, 30, of their 39 rules about the rule of the Sabbath mm-hmm. that you can't do any any creating or what was the right word? Needing. Needing. That's, no needing. That's the word. Um, and so no needing. So Jesus needed the clay to put on the eyes of the blind man. So Jesus broke the Sabbath law according to the Pharisees. Yeah. Um, that raises some controversy. And so Jesus is engaging with these Pharisees and these Pharisees are trying to get to the bottom of the bottom of this information. They go to the, the blind man's parents like, yo, is this your son? Like he's blind. Like now he sees and they're like, get me out of this. I don't want to be a part of this conversation. Yeah. Um, have you asked him? He is of age. Ask him yeah. for yourself. Um, and pressing on through the text, uh, we see that the Pharisees come and do ask him and he doesn't have the most theological answer, but he really simply says, I was blind and now I see. Mm-hmm. Jesus is a prophet. Um, and he's the one who done who did this to me. And he even begins to push back on the Pharisees and, mm-hmm. and explain things to them. And they grow in anger and they say, well, you teach us like you were born in utter, utter sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so this man is becomes a social outcast. He's kicked out. Um, <clears throat> he's kicked out of the synagogue, which is the social center of social gathering in first century Israel. Um, but we see why he is kicked out socially, why he's kicked out and pushed out probably by by the Pharisees and probably by his parents as well. Yeah. Jesus meets him and Jesus tells him that he is the Messiah and he believes and follows Christ. Mm. And that's the story of John 9. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. And as we were prepping for for this session, there were two concepts that really stuck out to both of us. Uh, one concept is Jesus raising this controversy, um, him specifically saying, I'm going to need on the Sabbath so that I can bring up this conversation yeah. of relational obedience versus religious duty. Hmm. Um, that's like one of our like interpretations from this, this passage, that this is what he's battling the Pharisees on, mm-hmm. that they are focusing on the wrong things um, and how often we focus yeah. on the wrong things and we make 
the minors, the majors, and we do not make the majors. The rules from the rules. Yes, the yeah. rules from the rules. Um, and how that's just a temptation. It's a temptation for us to feel better about ourselves, to feel like we're doing something. Uh, it's a productivity mindset. It's to say, hey, if I'm doing something, at least at least I have that to, to fall back on. Um, and then the other concept was that this radical encounter with Jesus, the step of obedience was for him to testify and to him to tell his story yeah. about his interaction with Jesus. And so one of my first questions for you is how do you see people today making religion more important than like relational obedience to Jesus in their, in their faith? How do I see people making religion yes. more important? Yeah. I think typically like the idea of religion um, as, especially as Pastor Brandon went through it mm -hmm. in the sermon. So if you have not listened to the sermon and you were not here at church this past Sunday, go check it out on the church's website yes. and listen to that before you tune back in here. Mm -hmm. um, but religion, and he he's brought this up multiple times yeah. um, in different sermons, uh, but religion is good advice um, when, when the gospel is good news. Yeah. Um, and so this idea of religion, it's like good advice to do certain good things so that we earn our way. But yeah. typically, even in our path of following Christ, we can believe in Christ. We can accept the good news. We can know that it's good news, but we can fall back back in religion being good advice. And yeah. so we we do these things after we have maybe had this conversion or mm -hmm. had a step of faith and we turn back and we start to do this and do this and do this, thinking that that's earning our way to God. Yeah. Um, and so then we feel far from God when we're out of works, but we we feel like we just fall into the system. It's like my relationship with God is only as good as my works or my obedience. Yeah. And so it's trying to follow this good advice yeah. up to God, which I feel like is just like a temptation for all of us. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like I typically had that, tem I, I have that temptation for myself mm -hmm. uh, and that tendency sometimes as well, but I, I often see it in other people as well um, because it's like our natural wiring is wanting to work for our salvation Yeah. Uh, when it's no Christ did all the work. Yeah. Yeah, it's making the doing for God more important than the knowing um, and the being and the being yeah, with him. Exactly. I think that's like my, I'm a, I'm a worker by nature. Uh, I love to be just getting after stuff mm -hmm. uh, because I feel affirmed when I do that. Yeah. I get an attaboy from what my community, from myself, from, hey, look at, look at the checklist that I got done. And that is not enjoying just the relationship that that God's fully accepted me because of the work of Christ. And I get to rest yeah. in the fact that the work's been done. And anything I get to do is just an outpouring of joy and an outpouring of thanksgiving yeah. to him. It and, flows out of relationship. Yes, it yeah. flows out of relationship. And one one concept that's been challenging for me, and we were chatting about this a little bit, is that it doesn't mean we aren't obedient. Yeah. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the things that we do with our life, our hearts, our minds, and our words. Um, actually, he cares a ton yeah. about those things, but he wants us to care about them in the boundary of covenantal relationship. Yeah. Meaning, I actually want to protect my relationship with God. I want to love him, and I want my heart to love him. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, the actions that I do will reflect that protection of that. I think of like you protect marriage with boundaries yeah. of other people, your time and all the yeah. different things. So you're a, a young married man. And so to protect your marriage, you have boundaries set up that protect the relationship that's there. And you don't focus on those rules just because you like rules and they make you feel good. You focus on them because you love your wife yeah, and you want your relationship to your wife to be growing. Yeah, And so that's been really helpful for me when I've been talking to people to say, Hey, you're struggling with disobedience. Like, what is hindering your relationship with God? Yeah. What are the things you're doing 
that need to be cut out because they're hindering your covenantal love with Jesus. Yeah. I think like it's a different, it's such a different mindset than religion. Like I think about Hebrews 12, one, two, it says like lay aside every weight and sin and strive like to run the race with endurance. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, oh, I'm running towards this relationship. I'm fighting hard, yeah. but you're not fighting to earn something. You're fighting out of a already having yeah. an identity. Yeah. And like, my thing is like, we can easily jump over these commands of scripture and these like hard commands at that because we're like, oh, that's legalism. When like, no, it's not legalism. No. Die like, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like legalism is saying like, no, I am earning my salvation. Yeah. Like th- what I do will give you my salvation. Yeah. And there's like this tendency of any like hard command, whether it's from a pulpit yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. from a podcast or whatever it is. It's like, oh, that's legalism. Yeah. Like, like not- get baptized. Legalism. You're like, no, no, no. Not, yeah. not legalism, a step of obedience. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. even right now, I'm like reading through the New Testament um, and just like continually, because I'm, when I'm, as I'm in the epistles, I'm just like continually just like this, like God does not like slow down and like hold back on like what he expects from his people. Yeah. yeah. Like, like when he's writing through the, through the authors, he, it's like literally like, Hey, like if you do this, like you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And he says like, do this, like don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, over and over and over again. Like there's such a rootedness in the scriptures about mm-hmm. how the people ought to live. Yeah. Like they're like how these covenantal people ought to live. Like we, yeah. there's such hard commands even. And obviously we know that we're not perfect. Obviously we know that we are, we are sinners and that we, we walk in grace. And so even as, as we continue to fall short of that, we repent. Yeah. But we like can't as a church ignore the idea that there's this holiness yeah. that we are called to. And there's often a hole in our holiness. You yeah. Know? And there's often something missing in our holiness mm-hmm. because we're just like, oh, it's legalism. Yeah. Oh, the, the gospel's enough. And yeah. But like, ignoring the, the commands of that. Yeah. But those things exist, but only, in, as you were talking about, Ruth, on the other side of that relationship. Yeah. When you're like striving to know God, it's like a striving and walking with God. And to live out a relationship with him, not to ever earn our way to him. Yeah. And there's this like awesome reality that like when we say yes to Jesus and we say, man, I'm in, sold, signed, still delivered, I'm yours. Yeah. There's this beauty that happens that even when I fall short, yeah, there's the gospel. Mm-hmm. And even when I feel successful, there's the gospel. Mm-hmm. And even when I see the progress of his good work in my life bearing fruit, I get to rejoice in the gospel Mm -hmm. that there's nothing, there's no part of the sanctification process that is not rooted in the truth that I'm not enough. I'm made enough by the person of Jesus and his resurrection. I'm resurrected with him and I'm waiting for for like the final coming so that I can be made perfect. But in the time he promises me that he's not done working on me. He's not done making me like him. And I get to sit and say, man, I want to be, the best daughter. Yeah. I want to be the best friend yeah. of Jesus. I want to be the best servant. I want to be the best soldier. Like what like all the all the relationships that that God shows us in scriptures that we relate to God. Mm-hmm. I want to be all of those things, but I don't want to be the best of those things because I need his attaboy to know that I'm his. Yeah. I just want to enjoy him. And the more I become like him, the more I get to enjoy him. Yeah, That there's this fruit of obedience that comes that says, man, the fruits of the Spirit come into my life and I'm I'm in a position of power when I'm obedient because I'm His. Yeah. And I think even as you as you talk about that, Ruth, like there's, you're saying like, I want to enjoy God. I want to like have that kind of such a, such a great relationship where I know Him so deeply. 
Like, I feel like oftentimes people hear you, can hear you maybe right now saying that, or they hear other, so many stories there are in church history, or even people we know today who just know God so deeply. And you hear from them, it's like, how, how do I know God? Like, why, why don't I know God like they know God? But it's like, like that knowledge of God, that relationship with God is like, it's open to all of us. Mm -hmm. But typically like why we're not experiencing that is because we're not obeying God. Yeah. In terms of like, this, like these, these, like these hard commands are f actually f meant to free us so that we have a relationship with God. In terms of every sin, like sin is what separates us from God. Yeah. And so, what's holding us back from deeper relationship with God are things in our life that are not held over to handed over yeah. to God. Yeah. And maybe it's things that we love too much. Maybe it's how we spend our time. Maybe it's mm -hmm. what we watch. Yeah. Like all of it is all to be handed over to God. And then in that handing over you'll experience the joy of knowing him more. At least yeah. that that for sure has been like my testimony. It's like yeah. some very hard things I've like had to give up. Yeah. And this is like even besides like maybe even strict sin, like things that don't help you grow. Yeah. But on the other side of that is deep relationship with God yeah. with time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, there was a big like discipleship hurdle for me. Sorry. I just moved my, I moved my chair. If you heard that squeaking, it's me squeaking around. Um, there was a big discipleship hurdle for me of like looking at the passage in Romans that says all things are lawful, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Yeah. And like all things are lawful, but I will not be dominated. Yeah. And I remember sitting like, I made a list mm -hmm. and say like, what's not helpful and what's dominating me. Yeah. And that to me was this moment that said like, I don't just want to be out of sin and getting into heaven with the skin of my teeth. Yeah. Like I don't want to have this like, oh, I just want to live as close to the world as possible mm -hmm. it's like no no no. i want to be running to heaven glory bound yeah to say man if i if i never marry and live a life of celibacy or if i get married and i raise kids like whatever my future looks like i'm currently a single woman and so i, I look at whatever mm -hmm. path god has for me i want to have said that i've chosen him yeah at every path and as he's brought things to the surface and like i'm saying this from like man this is not always how I feel. Yeah. There are days that I'm like, I could walk away. Like, like, like we live in this process of like, I'm a fickle person. Yeah. But the more I behold him, the more I see his graciousness, the more I see his justice, I'm like, man, I meant like, I think of, I think of Peter all the time. Like, where are we going to go? Yeah. You have the words of life. Like, like I've tasted yeah, and I've seen that he's good amen. and I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. I can't do anything about it, but say, aye, aye, captain. I'm in. Yeah. What's your thoughts, brother? Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> but I, I think about, even just bring up Hebrews 12, 1, 2 again. Mm. I'm just going to read it again. Yeah. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight mm. and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I remember, like on this exact topic, I remember listening to a sermon by John Piper mm. on this on this text. JP, love you. Gotta love him. Um, but he says... He'll never listen to our podcast, but we do respect him so deeply. And we do listen to his. <laughs> and we do listen to his. John Piper, thank you for discipling a generation. <laughs> Continue, brother. But he's going on about how it's like, he like really just like owns in. It says like every weight and sin. Because like, what's a weight? It's like, he's referring to something that's not sin, yeah. but a weight is what holds you down. Yeah. And so it's like, when we think about our Christian life, it's not about... What am I permitted to do? Mm. What am I allowed to do? He's like, that's like, 
when you enter those kind of questions, like you're literally starting from the wrong angle. We, yeah. I feel like I, I see this all the time with young adults, yeah. especially. It's well, like, and like we, it would be crazy to think that way about marriage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like like we're like that's a, such a violation. If a brother was like, like how how much can my eye wander and be okay being married? We'd be like, bro, that's not cool. Like <laughs> you're starting like, from the wrong spot. You're starting from the wrong spot. Not how much can I cherish my wife. Exactly. So that she feels so loved by me. That's a great illustration. And so cared yeah. by me that like our relationship just keeps growing. Exactly. Like we, we look, it's like, okay, we, we're on the other side of the, we're on the, yeah. in the new covenant. We're like, I believe in God, but like, I also want to do this. Like how, what can, what am I allowed to do? Tell yeah. me. And like, that's starting from the wrong spot. And like, yeah. but he, he's like, no, you have to, you have to change the question. Yeah. The question according to Hebrews 12 is like, does it help me grow? Yeah. Like that's the, does it help me? Does it help me run fast? Yeah, exactly. Does it help me run the race with endurance? Yeah. Like what am I, what I'm doing, Mm. does this help me run? And if it doesn't, he said, okay, let it go. It's gotta go. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's like, it says that every weight and sin, which clings so closely, like these things, we love. Grabbing onto you. Yeah. Yeah. But does it help me grow? But Mm. it's just like that mindset shift that we all need to make that we're actually striving for eternity. Yeah. Like we're not like our faith isn't just getting us out of hell. No. Heaven like, bound. Not hell bound. Yeah, exactly. We're heaven bound. Like, but we are we are looking forward and like waiting for the day of his return mm. and living in that side. Yeah. Um, living on that side of the cross. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I I have been thinking about this song, No Longer Bound. It's like a rap song by Mav City. And it has this moment where it says, like, look at my hands, they are new. Look at my feet, they are too. I'm free. Like it's talking about our chains yeah. being gone. And I think like kind of pivoting from the conversation of man, there is such a joy in obedience in relationship with Jesus. And if you're not experiencing that, like don't, don't be like, man, I've been disqualified. We want to have a conversation with you about yeah. how Jesus is drawing you into relationship. He's not drawing you into duty. Mm-hmm. He's drawing you into saying, you're my child. Come learn what it means to be fathered by me. Amen. Come learn what it means to be led by me as the good shepherd. What does it mean that I am yeah. a sheep in his flock? Mm-hmm. What does it mean that he laid his life down for me? Yeah. He protected me. He is keeping me. What does that mean? And how can you live out of the reality of that being true? I want to kind of talk about, man, for those who would say, man, I have seen Jesus's work in my life. Now what? Yeah. And and Pastor Brennan kind of alluded to this concept that like step one is telling our story. Yeah. Is saying and and we we he he made this awesome point about baptism being a specific moment in which we get to tell our story. Mm-hmm. We'd say a first step of obedience. Mm-hmm. But then we want to talk about man, what does it mean to be someone who knows our story and then proclaims it yeah. to the dying world? What's your thoughts, bro? Yeah. I remember I like came to faith in Christ when I was in yeah. high school and like Amen. When you're in high school, like you only you only get certain things. You know what I mean like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. as you as time goes, you you understand things more deeply. Yeah. Um and obviously sanctification, Praise God. sanctification um was a process. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um but I remember like senior year of high school and like I was just about to graduate and I was just like getting ice cream with one of my friends mm-hmm. and it was like the we were like talking about like a bit deeper things in life mm-hmm. and conversations didn't always go that way. But like, we just ended up talking about some deeper things. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like, I just like remember feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit. Like I, I should just share my story. And I remember just like, just there, like I shared my, the story of like what God did in my life yeah. and how like my life is on a different trajectory because of God. Yeah. And I remember telling him the same thing. Like you can have the same kind of trajectory. Mm. 
And I remember saying this and being like, still doing sin that I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> and still, like, still having some weight and some sin that was clinging closely as you were trying to run. Very closely. Yes. Yeah. That's like, but that's um, what we're saying. Like, that doesn't mean you weren't trying to run. Yeah. It means that Jesus was saying, hey, brother, you're not going to be a good runner. Yeah. If you got like, this stuff on you. Yeah. But that, that first step for me yeah. was to be willing to share that story when God like put it on my heart and the door opened for that to happen. Mm. And I think the ability there, like one, there's a lot we can talk about how that, how that has grown and developed mm. in my own life, but the ability to share, like, this is what God has done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is what I've seen. This is what I've experienced. And being able to share that with other people is a, is, a, is sharing the gospel. Mm. You know what I mean? Like sharing the sharing our stories is such a powerful thing, even as we are communicating Christ, mm. but it's sharing with other people. Like, hey, this has happened to me. Like, this can also happen to you. Yeah. Oh. That's so good. Yeah. And sometimes it can feel really daunting to share your story. Like I was 11 when I came to know Jesus. And so like, yeah, there was, there was a lot of time that I was navigating like what it meant. I remember playing on soccer teams uh, with my friends, telling them, trying to tell them about Jesus. Yeah. And you're 11, you're 12, you're 13, you're 14, you're awkward, you're a nightmare. You're confused. Yes. Uh, You're going through puberty. Like there's so much happening Mm -hmm. in that, but in that way, Jesus is showing you how he's revealing himself in your story. Yeah. And that I have a lifetime of a story that I can tell. I've been saved for how many years? I'm 20, I'm 24. It's I've been 13. saved 13 years. Amen. So I've been saved longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. Like halfway, longer than halfway, right? You've been, you spent more of your life as a Christian than, than not. not a Christian. Yeah, sorry. That was, I really, my brain was, could not get there for that one. That's okay. Um And... There's like such a joy in that. There's such a joy in that being my testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to look at this, these moments that Christ has weaved throughout my story of failing and him being gracious and him drawing me to himself yeah. and me trying to run away and him grabbing me by the collar. There's, there's all these things. But in that, what I get to testify is that he's been enough. Mm-hmm. Like that's like when I get the opportunity where I'm talking to someone and I'm asking them their story. Yeah. Because oftentimes in evangelism, I'm asking them their story about their life and what's yeah. happening. And then I pray that they, they're they willing to hear. They're willing to be socially hospitable to me and hear mine. Um, and then I get to tell them that my life's been transformed by this man named Jesus. And like that comes up naturally. You know I mean? Yeah. In terms of like... The five points of the gospel, like the points of the gospel yeah. always come up naturally, but but how he's transformed and changed everything about me has does come exactly. naturally. And like asking questions about people's life is just natural to be a good conversationalist. You know what I mean? Like, and like even, it's even like a Christian thing. It's like, being a good conversationalist is asking people about their life. Um, but when we have those natural qu- questions and ask people, they're going to respond and ask us. And so when yeah. we're willing to take that step and that boldness to be like, oh yeah, let me actually be honest about my life. It's Christ. Yeah. It's Christ who has transformed me. And, and share like, this is who I was and this is now who I am because of Christ. And this is the ways I've seen him continue to work in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the story is powerful. Yes. It is very powerful. And I think it is it is very natural, and I think it's helpful to recognize we can tell our stories in ways that glorify our sin mm-hmm. because it feels really natural. It feels really natural to talk about all the dark things that have happened uh, because that's most likely what's been transformed. Um, but one thing that's been really helpful for me is saying, hey, how can my story testify of God's transformative work? Yeah, um, I had the joy of two Mormon girls knocking at my door. Um, I'd never seen two Mormon females before. Wow. Like I've, I, at one time, I've always seen boys, men, menish mm. boys. And these girls were 20 and 25. And everyone in my house is between the ages of 20 and 25. So it felt like the Lord was like, 
they need to be meeting. Yeah. People, blood-bought daughters of the king. And they, I asked them their story to say, hey, what? tell me what your faith journey has looked like as being a Mormon. And then they asked me mine. And in being able to tell them that, I was like asking the Holy Spirit to speak through my story, different parts of my story, to point out the things that they needed to hear. Which is like such a joy because like the Lord, like the Lord works in our story to proclaim his truth because yeah. it's his story. It's Amen. a test. It's a testimony of what he's done. Um, when someone is thinking about telling their story, what are some pointers of like learning to say, hey, man, if I'm going to go through my life, how can I see God at work in my life? What are some pointers that you give to people about learning to tell their story, learning to tell their testimony would be another way to say it? Yeah. I think there, there's some key questions to consider and like key, key points to understand, like where do you fit on this trajectory? And mm -hmm. even start with the gospel, like the gospel is we, God made us, we fall, Christ redeemed us. We are looking forward to eternal life. Mm -hmm. And so where, where, where you see that is like, well, ask the first question is like, what was your life before you knew Christ? What was your life as a fallen person before you have yeah. been redeemed? Like, tell, tell me about that. Yeah. Like, what did you do? What did you think? What did you feel? Yeah. What, what were you passionate about? What did you love? That's a good question. And then ask yourself, okay, what was that? What was that coming to Christ look like? What was that? What was that look like from you to go to dead and sin to alive with Christ? Yeah. How did you? How did you make that process? Was it like one moment that just struck you, like boom, or was it like a slow, gradual thing? What yeah. began to change in your life? And then, who are you after Christ? Mm. What difference has Christ made in your life? What hope are you looking forward to in light of the gospel? Yeah. Like that final point of the gospel is is our restoration mm. of perfectly being with Him. How does that hope affect you now? Mm. How is that changing you now? Yeah, and and maybe if you're if you're even struggling to see that what the gospel has done in your life, I feel like especially this might be for like students who are maybe high schoolers, yeah. or middle schoolers, or um, young adults who have been like in the church their whole life. And they're like, oh, I've always been a decently moral person. <laughs> I've never. I've always been all right. I don't have that crazy story. Yeah. Like, what, ask other people what God has done in your life. Yeah. And or thank God that He brought you to faith at a young age. Yeah. Um. Then I think the thing about stories too is, we engage with this. We like hear really good stories, and we think that ours is not powerful or good because I'm not this person. Oh, I wasn't like in a same-sex relationship as that person. I wasn't drug addicted like that person. Yeah. I just like am a good Christian moral person. Yeah. And I came to know Christ, but like. No, every story is beautiful mm -hmm. and every, because every story is a miracle yeah. because it's someone who is dead in sin to come to faith in God. Think about Lazarus is a miracle. Like Lazarus was dead yeah. and he came alive. Like you are, every single body, every single person's testimony is more miraculous than Lazarus. Yeah. Because they were spiritually dead who came spiritually alive by the working of the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so process that, pray through that, journal through that. Yeah. And really, I think those questions like, who are you before Christ? What, what did coming to Christ look like? And what does your life look like after Christ can just help kind of bring the whole thing together. Yeah. Yeah. I was having, I was like getting this picture while you were talking about, um, like we sometimes look at testimonies and we're like, that person was a pagan who had one really big idol that came crashing down. Mm -hmm. And it was like this massive moment, like it's something like this earthquake, think of like a massive yeah. stone idol getting crashed. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But like oftentimes for someone who grew up in a Christian home, they've got all these little tiny idols. Yeah. All these little tiny idols that like little by little, they may have seen Jesus take and say like, this isn't me and like smash, but it's like a little poof. Yeah. But there's hundreds of them. 
And it's this life of letting Jesus take down all these idols and replacing it with himself. Yeah. Saying, I actually need to sit on the throne of every single one of these baby little thrones that you have. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's performance. Maybe it's all these things that the culture isn't saying that's bad, but you see the spirit convicting. It's just as powerful for a hundred little idols to be taken down and be replaced by the person of Jesus than it is for one massive idol or one massive idol is a bunch of little ones getting crashed down and Jesus sitting on that throne. Like that there's nothing makes it more or less beautiful, regardless if your sin was pride or your sin was something else that like the world looks at and says, that's bad. Like you're a murderer. Like the pride, the pride and the murder both send us to hell and both needed the full regeneration of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus. And I think there's something to rejoice, rejoice in that reality. Um, I think that's so good. Um, Super encouraging. What would you say your final encouragement, your final challenge would be to our brothers and sisters who are listening uh, to this podcast, getting ready to go on to the rest of their day? Yeah. Whether you're driving to work or (laughs) whatever you're doing. On your way back, whatever. I would really challenge you to take ownership of Pastor Brennan's call to share your story, Um, tell your story. Mm. Um, So think and pray and ask God, like, who do you want me to tell my story to? And pray that the door be opened. Like, who is someone who doesn't know Christ? who you can tell your story to, whether that's grabbing a meal with them, bringing them into your house, getting coffee, getting ice cream. Yeah. Whether it's that guy who you sit next to on the bleachers at your son's football practice, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Like who are, pray and ask God, like, who do you want me to tell my story to? And take that step and that boldness to tell your story. Mm. I think that'd be my, my call to action and my command. Um, and I think the comfort to that um, also comes in John chapter nine. Um, Oftentimes what holds us back from telling our story is we care what other people think Mm. and we are fearful of how they're going to perceive us. But when we look at John chapter nine, the blind man told his story and it literally cost him everything. Yeah. Like you was on paper and in like an earthly sense, he literally, this guy is already a social outcast because he can't (laughs) see and he can't work. Like this man is poor. Like this guy is already an outcast. And like, this is his, this is like his chance of coming back into society Mm. and like a normal spot. And he's like accepting that he's still going to be an outcast. Mm. And he's like kicked out of the temple because of his faith in Christ. Um, but what we see in the what we see in the text is that Jesus met him and yeah. Jesus offered, like, hey, you are with me. You're in my you're in my flock. And looking at the original John chapter nine, John chapter 10 is the the par- sorry, not the parable, the story of the good shepherd. Yeah. Those two passages aren't separate in the original text. Like there's a clear link between the two of them. So the good shepherd discourse happened right after in in the presence of this blind man. Like Jesus is talking to Pharisees in John chapter 10. Like that's how this whole thing begins. But the the blind man's right there because the blind man just came. So him, Pharisees and the blind man's there listening to him. Like Jesus comes and says, I am the good shepherd. Like he is a good shepherd against them. And like he watches over his sheep Mm. and like the thief comes in to break in and still destroy. But I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Like that beautiful chapter of John 10 is said in the presence of this blind man. Yeah. So even when we're challenged to tell our story, when we're we're challenged, when, if we're feeling the fear of what how we're going to be perceived, what they're going to think about us, like take hope. Like Jesus told the blind man that I am his shepherd. Mm-hmm. And Jesus tells you that he is your shepherd, that he came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Mm-hmm. That abundant life is not to be in the middle of social settings in the synagogue. It's to be with Christ and to yeah. live with Christ. And when you sacrifice, when you when you are hurt and pushed down by the world, mm. Christ meets you and he picks you up. And it's so worth it. Mm. 
so worth it. So good. That is so good. Yeah. And I think my, my final challenge would, would be off the, off the back of that to say, Hey, what, what have you been allowing, uh, that has just been weighing you down? Yeah. Uh, where have you been putting duty or where have you allowed things to come in, um, that are just holding you back? Um, and Jesus wants to invite you to say yes to him and to take almost that, (laughs) that half a mile walk to believe that he actually takes those things away. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is healing for you is to say, oh man, I have something that's relationally holding me back from loving Jesus mm-hmm. and being with him. And I actually want to care about this relational obedience Jesus yeah. is calling me to. Because I think there's something beautiful there for you. Benjamin, will you uh, pray us out? Yeah. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are our good shepherd. We thank you that you watch over us, you care for us, God, even when we are dumb and fall down or wander off, oh, Father, you draw us back, Father, that no one can snatch us out of your hands, that you are everything, and we praise you, we worship you, we adore you for that, Father. We pray that you would work in the hearts of those who are hearing this, hearts of those who are praying alongside of us right now, God. We pray that you would have our hearts be fully open to you, God. Let us lay aside every weight and sin. Let us be open to you, O God. Let us strive to run the race with endurance, Father God, looking to you, O Father. Lord, may we just follow the path of this blind man who, once he was blind, now he sees. That's true of all of us, O Father. Let us live into that identity, Father, and let us just tell our stories. Tell others the wonderful work that you have done. Lord, that you are in the business of changing lives. You have changed ours. And may you continue to change the lives of those around us and use us for that, Father. We praise you and glorify you. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Benjamin. It has been a joy uh, for another podcast. Uh, if this has been a blessing to you or an encouragement to you, please share with a friend. And again, if you're not subscribed, subscribe so you can get a notification every time a new podcast drops. Thank you so much.